your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Psalm 145, the book of Psalms, and we're going to be in Psalm 145 this morning. Uh, Today we're closing out this series that we've been in the past few weeks that we've been calling uh, the other six days. I want to thank Hunter uh, and our staff for for carrying the load uh, the month of January. I told uh, Lynette, good grief, my, my dad died in, in January, uh, I got the flu. I set a personal best uh, record of seven days straight with fever, I've never done that. Uh, I, I survived it and didn't become a uh, flu death statistic and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but <clears throat> I told Lynette, I said, January uh, has been the worst year of my life. And she said, don't you mean month? And I no, it seems like a year already. But uh, I appreciate our staff so much. Hunter, last week, uh, I was so sick, I didn't even feel sorry for him. I just, uh, Saturday night, I'm like, I I can't go, man. I just can't do this, and uh, we can't cancel church. I emailed him my notes, and uh, uh, from what I hear, he did a a good job with my notes. Uh, We're blessed. We're really blessed, and uh, the, the, I know what y'all enjoyed about that. Lynette said, uh, Carla, no, it was Carla and Lynette both they were talking about. Here comes Will. He's wanting to sing in the choir. He missed me, too. Uh, but uh, Lynette said, Carla said, he, Hunter took your notes that it normally takes you 45 minutes to preach, and he preached them in 30 minutes, so just so you know. <laughs> But I, I got a little ADHD going on. But anyway, the, the idea behind this series that we've been in these past few weeks, and again, we're closing it out today, but we've been talking about the fact that, that some people who are followers of Jesus who are, or who uh, profess to be followers of Jesus or Christians, uh, we often uh, try, to, try to squeeze that relationship with God uh, we try to squeeze that title of Christianity uh, into a, a time frame. Uh, a lot of times that's on Sunday, you know, uh, an hour, maybe two, sometimes on, on Wednesday nights. Uh, but the problem with that is, is that, and what we've been talking about and seeing is that God doesn't just want to be Lord of our lives for a couple of hours a week. Right? He, he doesn't want to just be in, in control of, of a couple of hours of our life on Sunday. Uh, while we sit in church or, or visit church and feel good about ourselves because we made such a great sacrifice to be in church uh, on Sunday. God wants to be the ruler of our lives every single day of the week, right? Not just on Sunday, but the other six days uh, as well. And so we kind of been talking about what that looks like. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus shared his parables in the New Testament, he, he was an awesome preacher and teacher, told a lot of great stories. He told stories that people could relate to. Uh, while he was here ministering to people. And one of the ways he did that was by just sharing stories about things that happened in everyday life. Uh, we, don't, we don't see Jesus telling many stories about things that happened in church uh, because he understood that where the rubber meets the road is those other six days uh, in our normal everyday lives. And, and so he told stories about those things that people could relate to because here's the deal. It's out there. It's outside these walls. It's outside this church, the other six days uh, of, of our lives where the lordship of Jesus is either clearly seen or not seen at all, all right? It's in those times. We all look good going to church on Sunday morning, but it's in those other six days when people really see and experience the Lord in our world. 
and and in their lives. And and so we've been asking ourselves this question, you know, what does it mean for the Lord to be Lord of our life the other six days? What does it mean to be a Christian uh, those other six days? And, And each week we've looked at this passage of Scripture from the Apostle Paul that challenges us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. He said, so whether you eat or drink or work or play ball or, you know, whatever you do, he says... Whatever it is that you do, he says, do it all to the glory of God. He doesn't say just do it all to the glory of God on Sunday, right? He says, do it all to the glory of God. And I would say, you know, I would add to that the other six days, right? And so what we we, we started a few weeks ago is we started looking at the things that we do outside the church in our lives that occupies our times, uh, you know, that, that, that consumes most of our time. And we learned for a lot of us, that's work, right? Uh, 85% of our time probably is spent at work or at school, uh, various activities throughout the week. And we also talked about uh, if we attend church uh, on Sunday morning and occasionally on Wednesday, that equates to about 2% of the time that we spend at church, uh, the time that we're awake each week uh, that we spend in church. And and I don't believe that anyone here today could honestly say that God would be pleased with only getting 2% of our time when he wants to be Lord of all and and Lord of our lives. Uh, But it's the other six days uh, that God wants to use in such powerful ways and for his glory. And so as we close out Uh, This series today, I want to wrap it up here in Psalm uh, 145. Uh, This is absolutely one of my my favorite psalms. And for those of you that keep notes in your Bible, uh, you'll probably notice that I've preached from this psalm on on multiple occasions. Uh, Lynette came to early service this morning. We're having our our marriage group right after services today uh, so that we can enjoy the, the Super Bowl tonight. Uh, but uh, Lynette, she came to early service, and when we got done, she came back to my office, and she said, did you use my Bible to study with while you were preparing your sermon today? And, and I said, no. And, and she said, well, a lot of the things that you said I were notes that I had made in my Bible. Because I've preached from Psalm 145 like three times, you know, in, in the last 20 years. And so uh, for those of you that keep notes, you may have some dates there. You may have some notes there that sound familiar to you. Uh, but I just think it's a perfect place for us to wrap up this series. Psalm 145 uh, is the last psalm uh, that was recorded uh, by David. Uh, in the book of Psalms that has his name associated with it. Um, It's titled in most of your Bibles, a psalm of praise uh, of David. Scholars say that this psalm, and and I think this is interesting, and it might be a challenge to some of you as as well, but scholars say that this psalm was believed to have a special blessing that was associated with it. And what they would do is back in, the, you know, the, these days, the ancient Israelites, they would recite this psalm or sing this psalm twice every single morning. Okay, they, they would get up, they would start their day reciting or singing this psalm uh, out loud twice every morning, and then they would do it again once in the evening. And with this, they believed there to come uh, a blessing of happiness, 
Now, I would challenge you. I would encourage you to try it and just see how it works to see if, if what they believe, this theory of blessing actually came true because my guess is if we were to focus more on God's word and we would do it twice in the morning and once every evening, if we were focused more on the joy and, and how great our God uh, is verbally, uh, at least three times a day, uh, those other six days, I believe that we'd be happier people. Amen. Don't you think? Uh, uh, but anyway, let's go through this morning and work our way through this psalm. I'm, I'm going to want to go through the whole thing this morning uh, and, and see how God uh, deserves and how he wants to be Lord of our lives these other six days. And I'll pick it up at uh, verse number one this morning. David says this. He says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. He said, I will praise your name forever and ever. We've sang songs about that this morning, hadn't we? About how our praise will never end, right? I will praise uh, your name forever and ever, every day, not just on Sunday, but the other six days, right? I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. So notice here what David recognizes about God first and what I believe he would speak to us about the other six days of our lives. And it's this, the other six days, we must acknowledge who God is, right? We must acknowledge who he is. Don't miss this. David uh, is the king, right? And David is doing what? He is proclaiming God as the king. He's proclaiming him as the, the king above all kings. He, he says, exalt him. Well, what does it mean when we exalt someone or, or, or we, we exalt them? It means to put them on high, to lift them above everything else, to lift them uh, above all others. It's the greatest uh, possible way that we could show someone admiration, right? would be to exalt them and to lift them up. And, and David says he will, he will praise him for how long? Not just on Sundays. He, he doesn't say anything about our praise just happening on Sunday, does he? He says, but forever, the other six days, it will never end. It won't just stop because we've left the building, <laughs> right? And, and David says that he will praise him for, forever. The key to happiness, I believe, the other six days is exactly what David is just trying to, to, to get us to understand here, right? This blessing of happiness will come to us when we never stop praising him, <laughs> Okay, our praise of God should be as eternal as the God that we praise uh, is what it's saying here. And, and here's something interesting about praise in the Bible. And, and this was mentioned in one of our songs uh, that we sang. But did you know that praise in the Bible is uh, the only activity that we're called to do right now that we will do for all of eternity? This is the only thing that we're asked to do throughout Scripture that we are called to do now, we're asked to do now, that we will continue to do for all of eternity. Think about it. We pray now, right? I mean, the Bible is clear about how we should, you know, pray. And we're going to see uh, David make reference to this in, in just a little bit as well. But there will be a time when our prayers will no longer be needed. <laughs> there will be a time to where there's not a need to pray anymore. Right? We're called to serve. We're called to serve now. But there will be a time when our service is over. We've been called to build. We've been called to build the kingdom. 
right? But there's, there's coming a time when it's all going to be built, when it's going to be completed and the building is, is over. And so, you know, we're called to build now, but there's a day coming when we're not going to be building anymore, right? That we, we, we believe now. The Bible speaks to how important our faith is in our relationship with God, and we're called to be people of faith. But there will be a time coming when our faith is no longer needed because we'll be standing face to face with our Lord and Savior. There won't be a need for us to have faith or or to believe in what we can't see anymore. We hope now, but there will come a, a day when what we have hoped for will become a reality right? But our praise, right? We're called to praise. Our praise is required now, and that will continue on for all of eternity. We should praise him now. We should praise him every single day, regardless of how our day goes. When it's a great day, or, or, you know, praise him. When it's a bad day, praise him. And I'm trying to prepare this sermon, and I'm trying to get ready to preach today, and I'm sick as a dog, right? When I'm going through this, and some of you know when you're sick, your brain is just like everything's in a fog. You're not thinking clearly. I went back and looked at some of my notes that I made this past week, and I'm like, I don't even know what I was saying. I don't even know what that means, right? But I'm sitting here going through this, you know, when it's a great day, praise him. When it's a bad day, praise him. And I'm like, I'm dying. God, thank you for letting me live, you know? I don't even know. I have nothing to praise you for that today when I was thinking about this. But in all reality, I did, right? I mean, like Daniel was sharing, you, you want to, you, you start having a pity par- party, go down there to Children's Hospital and spend you a little time, right? You'll understand what it means to praise God and be thankful for what you have and God's blessings on your lives. Every day is a new opportunity to praise our God, the King, not just on Sunday, but the other six days. And so because of who God is, we are to praise him forever, those other six days. David goes on in verse number three. He says, great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. He can't let it go, right? Great is the Lord, and he's most worthy of our praise. His greatness, no one can even fathom. Think about this. This is the same David that killed Goliath with a slingshot and a rock, right? He understands God's greatness. He understands God's power. And he says, but yet no one can fathom it. No one can can truly understand it. And then he says, don't miss this. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your deeds. Don't miss what David's saying to us here. The second thing David holds on to and and is proclaiming through his praise is this. The other six days, we must recognize his power. We must recognize God's power, not only recognize his power, acknowledge his power, and share about his power, right? Uh, The other six days, we've got to recognize uh, that God is a powerful God, not just on Sunday. The the worship, our our worship the other six days should be like the object of our worship, right? It, It should be like that. Our praise should be great. Why? Because our God is great. Our our worship should be passionate because our God is passionate. And and so, you know, 
Hey, no song is too loud. Sorry. No band's too big. No orchestra's too big, right? No psalm is sufficient for our God. And, and while we know that God is great, right? We've, we've been praying that all our lives. God is great. God is good, right? And, and while we know that, that God is great, David is saying here, you know, you have no idea. You, you can't even really fathom. No one can comprehend how great he is. But he says this, don't miss this, what little you do know, what little you do understand, what little you can comprehend, what little you have experienced in your own life, David says we've got to pass it on to the next generation. We've got to pass it on to those who come behind us. And oh, by the way, that happens not just on Sunday. How will your kids and grandkids know? Not just the Bible stories. They're learning some awesome Bible stories in children's church and, and, and Sunday school. But you know what? Anybody can read those accounts and be impressed and, and be amazed. But, but what about the amazing and powerful things that God has done in your life? What's your story? Do your kids know your story? Do your grandkids know your story, your personal story? Do your kids and your grandkids know the stories of God's awesome power uh, in your own life and what he's done for you and what he's done in you? These are not the stories that are taught in children's church on Sunday. These are the stories that are shared the other six days. <laughs> it's so much more than just about Sunday. So much more, though, those other uh, six days, the other six days very well. I, I, and I would almost argue that it's the other six days that will have a greater impact on your kids and grandkids than Sunday will. As parents and grandparents, our kids should see and hear us praise God for what he's done in our lives. You know, because each generation must echo the praises uh, from the past and pass them on to the future. It's our responsibility to teach the newer ones to trust God. It's our responsibility to teach the younger ones how to obey God. It's our responsibility to teach the younger ones how to serve God and how to build and how to have great faith. And how to worship with, with great passion. David doesn't say just pass your Bible down from generation to generation. Right? My, my dad just died and he had several Bibles. And I'm sure at some point in time we'll get together and we'll decide who gets, you know, dad's Bible to pass it down from generation to generation. There's nothing biblical about that. David doesn't say pass the Bible down from generation to generation. He says tell them of God's mighty acts. He says tell them of what God's done. Show them of what God has done in your life and in your family. And I'll just say this as a side note. Dry, unemotional teaching about God, whether that's at home or, or whether that's at church, that don't express the goodness of God. That don't express the glory of God right? Our God's not dead. He's not dry. Why do you think so many people followed Jesus? It wasn't because he was boring, right? If you're sitting under some boring teaching, leave. 
That's what I would say. I'm not going to sit and listen to somebody boring. Our God's not boring. He's not dead. He's not dry. He's something that we should be excited about. Our kids and grandkids should see us get excited about something besides the Super Bowl. I'm going to watch it. I really don't give a rip because I'm a Steelers fan, so I don't like any of them. All right? But, but can our kids see us get excited about something other than sports and grades and ACTs and, uh, you know, all these things that don't amount to a hill of beans when it comes to eternity? I'm sweating. Good grief. Hey, if you're not excited about God, something's wrong. It, it, you know, if you're not excited about God the other six days, guess what? Your kids won't be either. If we're not excited about God, we're teaching them one thing about God, but we're showing them something totally different. So don't say God is great if you're not living your life and worshiping like he really is the other six days. That's good preaching. You can tell I hadn't preached in a couple of weeks. I'm sorry, I just wiped my nose and stuck it in my pocket. And I got, my wife was here in the early service and she said, go wash your hands. You're the most disgusting human I've ever seen. I have a, I, I'm sorry. I know it's gross. I can't help it. I do have a, a, a handkerchief there. I won't shake hands with any of you after church. It's kind of embarrassing. <clears throat> We had a visitor one time that came, and she brought some guests with her for the very first time. And evidently, I was having a bad allergy day. And she was like, you know, that, uh, we had guests, and that was just disgusting. You just kept wiping your nose and then sticking your hand in your pocket. I don't, what am I preaching about? Uh, man, we, should, we, we of all people should be passionate about God. Outside of here, outside the church, I, you know, I, I'm passionate about people being radically changed. I, I, I just am. I've seen it. I, I've seen atheists come to know Jesus, right? I, I'm excited. I'm passionate about what God can do in, in people's lives. And, 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 you know, I don't want to stand up here and fill your heads with facts, all right? I, I want you to catch what I've got. Uh, you know, I, I want you to experience what I've seen other people experience in their lives, the victories that can be won, the families that can be changed, the lives that can be saved. God do things that no one else could ever explain, Amen. right? I, I've got a buddy that's starting a new church here in town. I, I'm telling you, uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, I, I wouldn't have given you a dime for that guy. And, and now he's pastoring a church. You know, God does things that, that none of us think that he could ever do. Uh, people should know that. Pe people should experience that. Uh, you know, they should see the excitement that we have in our lives. What good are the facts, right? If the next generation doesn't have hearts that burn with passion, what good is the knowledge? What good are the, are the stories if we don't pass the passion that we have on to the next generation. I, I've spent entirely too much time on this point, but we must pass it on. Listen, because if we don't, it ends here. It ends with us. It stops here. And as we retell the stories and share of God's power in our lives, and let me tell you what it'll do. It'll refresh the joy in your own life, right? David continues, verse 7. He says, they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness, 
You see what this looks like? It's, it, it's called, some, some of you, I should have preached some of this before we worshiped this morning because some of you weren't joyfully singing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm just, so sometimes I look at your faces and, and I think, uh, that's, they look like they're, they need some pain meds or something. Uh, I understand all style of our music's not the same, but they celebrate, celebrate abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness the lord is gracious he's compassionate he's slow to anger he's rich in love the lord is good to those who are good no he's good to all the lord is good to all he has compassion on all he has made can you not can we not celebrate you know and, and joyfully you know uh uh sing of uh, of these things david is doing the best that he can here to describe god's character right and we talked about this in the series we did a few months back about the powerful name of God. But he, he's trying to explain to us God's personality, his character. And it's important the other six days that, that, that we recognize his character, that we understand his character. David's words here, they're limited. You know, they're limited, but they're so powerful. As he tries to say, God is good, he's righteous, he's gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger, he's rich in love, and he's good to all. <laughs> right? He's trying to help us see who this God is, not just on Sunday, but the other six days, and how he deals with us, and how he deals with all of humanity. And I know that there are a lot of people that are walking around with some scars. Some of those are physical, some of those are, are, are emotional. But our beauty, whether it be inside or out, is not determined by what we've been through, right? But it's determined by who went through it with us, right? And to our good shepherd, we are all beautiful because we're his creation. We were made in his image. And David's reminding us of what his image is. We're beautiful because he is beautiful. And he looks down at us and we're injured and we're blind and we're scarred and we're sick. And he still calls us good. He still calls us beautiful. And verse 7 says, we should celebrate that. That he looks at us the way we are and says, you're beautiful to me. Celebrate who he is and joyfully sing praise to him because of that. Because that's who he is. Because of his goodness and his, his righteousness and his graciousness and his compassion and his slowness to anger. His, he's rich in love, good to all. We're to celebrate and praise him, David says. Verse 10, he says, all your works praise you. Lord, uh, you, you, your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord, he is trustworthy in all he promises and he is faithful in all that he does. Don't miss this. God is worthy of our praise the other six days because he is over everything. He is over everything. He created everything. He is going to be Lord over everything. Thing. He's over everything because he made it all. And we sometimes, here's the deal, we let other things that he created and other things that he made rival him. When he is Lord over that, 
He is Lord over that, but we sometimes let other things or sometimes other people rival him the other six days of our life. We'll give him a couple hours on Sunday, but those other six days. But listen, he has no rivals. He has no rivals. He is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And as we praise him for his work around us, it allows him to continue a work within us. And so as we do that, as he does that, what will happen? Well, we'll naturally just want to tell other people about him, right? We'll just naturally want to tell other people about his kingdom. And David says, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. What, what David is saying here is that there is a direct link. Don't miss this. There's a direct link between your heart and your tongue. <laughs> That's what he's saying. There's a connection between our heart and our, our, our tongue. We will talk about what's on our hearts. Some people really love to talk about sports. Some people like to talk about their family. Some people want to talk about their jobs, their yards, their houses, their cars, their, their money. L listen, if you want to know what somebody holds close to their heart and dear to their heart, just listen. <laughs> just listen to them talk. They'll tell you. You won't even have to ask, right? They'll just tell you what you love, what you're passionate about, you will talk about. Can I ask you a question? Monday through Saturday. Oh, it's easy in here. Monday through Saturday, those other six days, can I ask you, what are you talking about? If our hearts are full of God, then our tongues won't be able to stop talking about it. Some, someone once defined uh, evangelism like this. Evangelism is what spills over when you bump into someone. <laughs> I love that. If we truly want verse 12 to be fulfilled and have all men know of his mighty acts, then we're going to have to tell them. Doesn't happen just through osmosis doesn't happen just in this church building, but out there the other six days. When we bump into others, our words will flow and our hearts will spill over with his love, grace, praise, passion that we have for him. David continues in verse 14. The Lord upholds all who fall. It's being encouragement to somebody here today. He upholds all who fall, and he lifts up all who are bowed down, who are bent over, who are slumped. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at their proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Not only is God extremely powerful, and awesome, he is tender to those who are hurting. He cares about those who are slumping. He cares about those who have fallen. I believe some of you here today may need to be reminded of this. A lot of folks have fallen under the weight of, of problems and, and difficult situations. And if the load for you today is heavy and it's about to get you down, David is saying this, turn your eyes upon him.
Look to him. Right? David's proven him. Right? David knows this is true because David has lived this in his own life. You go read his story. He speaks of this from, from experience. He's proven him. And he says, you can trust him. You can turn to him. And he'll provide what it is that you need in that moment. He will pick you up when you fall. And he will carry you when you can't carry yourself. He will carry you when you're overwhelmed. He says the key is to look to him. The key is to trust him. Not just on Sunday. But every single day. And don't miss this. God doesn't hold anything back. I love this picture that he gives us here of God opening his hands, right? He's not grasping hold of anything. He has opened his hand to us so that we can have everything that he has to offer. His hands are open. And here's what's awesome about that. God's hands are full of good things, right? When we're wiped out, when we're stressed out, when we're maxed out, when we're flued out, right? He, he, he wants us to look to him. He, he won't kick us when we're down, but instead he treats us tenderly and he gives us exactly what we need and, and when we need that. And because of that, we can trust him. Listen, we can trust him with the other six days. David goes on, verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry. What does he do? He saves them. I love that. He, yeah, he's the king of kings, the, the king of the universe, but he's not too busy to help me. He, he's not too busy to help you. Right, he, he's always with us. And, and David's reminder again is this, we're never alone. He's not just with you on Sunday. He, he's with you the other six days. And, and he's not just with a select few. He's near to all who call on him. That's who he's close to. And, and the truth, uh, he says that he's near to all who call on him in truth. And the truth is recognizing who he is and who he is is Lord. Lord of all. And David is explaining to us here the power of prayer and the unlimited access that we have to our Father. That's what he's explaining. And then David closes with this in verse 20. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he's going to destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Bottom line, Bottom line, God will preserve those who are saved, okay? He's going to preserve those who know him, and he's going to judge those who don't, all right? And, and that truth can either be of great comfort to you, or it should scare you to death. Because if you have a relationship with him, and he has forgiven your sins... And you're walking with him. You can have confidence that you're going to have heaven as your reward. You can have confidence in that. First John chapter 5 verse 13 says that he, John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you will have eternal life. 
But although God is watching over the believers and those who are walking with him, he will destroy those who insist on going their own way. And, and I don't know about you, but that's what motivates me to do what I do. That, that's what motivates me the other six days, right? And, and if you're here today and you've not given your life to him and you're not living for him, hey, listen, this voice, this verse right here is just another warning to you. It's just another warning. That, that you're hearing. Don't let this day end without getting your life right with God because he's trying to warn you. He's trying to, to speak to you today through this. And, and then this last verse, I love it. David's like, I, I just got to say it one more time. Praise him, right? I, I mean, that's, he says, I, the, this whole chapter 145, I, I just got to say it again. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Our praise to God, listen, our praise to God is not just something we do on Sunday. And if that's what it's been to you, you, you probably need to reevaluate who you're walking with in this world. Because it's not just something that we do on Sunday. It's something that we do the other six days. God doesn't want to just be Lord of your life on Sunday. God must be Lord of your life the other six days. And I believe that's what he's been trying to say to us over these past few weeks. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit that is taking your word today and spoken to hearts. God, I can't elaborate or add on anything else other than what you've said today through the power of your spirit. I pray now that we would be faithful, we would be obedient, uh, we would allow you to do the work in our lives that you want to do. God, I pray that when we leave this place, that the other six days of this week, that we will bring you glory, we will bring you honor, we will do everything that you have called us to do. And we thank you so much today for reminding us of what that is. Thank you so much today for reminding us of how awesome you are, how much you love us, how much you care about us, how much you are worthy of, of our praise. And so, God, I pray that as we walk out of here, that we would be a reflection. I pray that we would look like Jesus not dead, not dry. I pray that we would be excited about the work that you're doing in our lives, in our families, and in our church. And because of that, other people would come to know you. Your kingdom would increase, God. And then we'll all spend eternity with you one day in heaven, celebrating everything that you've done forever and ever and ever. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. I love you guys.